0: The Huddle Conversations with the Diabetes Care Team. In each episode, we speak with guests from across the diabetes care space to bring you perspectives, issues, and updates that elevate your role, inform your practice, and ignite your passion. I'm Joanne Rinker, the Director of Practice and Content Development at the Association of Diabetes Care and Education Specialists. Kathy Dowd, the Executive Director at the Audiology Project Joins us today to educate us on the link between diabetes and hearing loss. You will learn how this comorbidity can lead to an increased risk of balance loss and falls, and learn more about the role of diabetes care and education specialists in addressing this issue in clients. Kathy, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much, Joanne. I really appreciate having an opportunity to share information about this silent epidemic in diabetes care.
0: So, Kathy, to get us started, can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you became involved
1: in this initiative? Certainly. It all happened when my family member was diagnosed late in life with diabetes. And I realized that even though she had a hearing problem, we needed to monitor it a little bit more closely because I've known about this link with diabetes back since almost when I became an audiologist in 1978. I was surprised when other people were surprised I mentioned this link. And even in conversations with CDC, they, they said they were totally unaware of this link back in 2011. So it's kind of gone forward from there to try to Um, Engage CDC, the Centers for Disease Control. And then when I met you, which was precipitous at the Diabetes Educators Conference back in 2012, I felt like I had a person who could help me from within diabetes care to elevate this issue.
0: Yeah. And it was really exciting. I remember when we met and and I think we were on a bus to a 5K during annual conference. And you said, do you know about the relationship between diabetes and hearing loss? And I was like, no, but I want to. And so it was exciting to be able to learn from you. And then, you know, in 2013, being awarded Diabetes Educator of the Year and being able to go basically all over the country to spread the word, I think it really was amazing to be a messenger for this message and to be able to get it out across the specialty early on. I'm, I'm thrilled that we were able to connect and that, you know, over the last seven, eight years have really been able to get this message to our specialty.
1: I agree, Joanne. And I that made me think of the survey of diabetes educators that I did back in 2011, to see how many of them were aware of this link between diabetes and hearing loss, and very few were. And then you and I presented in 2017 at the annual conference, and we redid the survey back out Mm -hmm. to diabetes educators, and it showed a significant increase in people's awareness of this invisible handicap. What you've done within your profession has been wonderful and really has elevated this issue.
0: Well, Kathy, I think we have definitely made a good team. So (laughs) can you really explain to our listeners what the relationship is between diabetes and hearing loss?
1: Sure. Diabetes affects every single part of the body with the small blood vessel disruption called microangiopathy. And so this same disruption is happening in the cochlea, which is the organ of hearing in your brain. There's clear fluid in the cochlea, and there's also a vascular system that goes into the cochlea. So if that's disrupted, it's going to leak fluid into the clear fluid in your cochlea and disrupt the signal, plus the demyelinization that comes with diabetes uh, on the eighth nerve that comes off of both the cochlea and the vestibular system will disrupt the signal up to your brain. And considering this also, the brain itself has that microangiopathy. So just for processing the signal that reaches the brain, there's some potential impediment there. So I know, Kathy, that
0: you and I were both very excited on December 9th when the ADA released their 2021 Standards of Clinical Care for People with Diabetes, which now includes um, sensory impairment in evaluation and assessment. So what should diabetes care and education specialists really know about this update?
1: Well, I think you have a great opportunity because you have persons with diabetes in front of you, and you are talking with them about what they need to do to stay healthy. And it's a great time to have their hearing screened if you want to use that as a first step. There is an objective screening tool on the Audiology Project website, and anybody can use it. You can go to our site, plug in some headphones. It takes three minutes per person to run that test. And it's a validated screening. So that would quickly tell you if the person has a hearing sensory impairment. And if so, then you refer them on for a baseline audiological evaluation where the audiologist can look at the whole case history. Because it may not be only diabetes, they may have cardiovascular issues hypertension, they may have kidney issues. I mean, everything is so linked together. And those other chronic diseases also cause hearing problems and risk of falls. So I think starting out, just getting the person, whatever way is best, getting them to a local audiologist who can do the baseline and say, okay, this is a picture of your hearing right now. And based on your case history, This is what I'm going to recommend going forward. Maybe you have several active things as a person with diabetes, and so they may want to see you back in six months or 12 months based on the medication you're taking. Or maybe you show no real significant problem, but they still need to monitor it. So they may say, well, we're going to see you back in two years. I leave that up to the audiologist based on their case history, based on the test results. Uh, what they're going to recommend. But I also am recommending to audiologists, definitely, if you have someone in your office with diabetes, make sure that they have been referred by their physician for diabetes education. I mean, we need to be hand in hand with what you all are doing also.
0: Yeah, Kathy, I know that for years, we've always talked about how this really should be this reciprocal referral us referring to audiology, audiology referring to diabetes care and education. So I love that, that you mentioned that. So one of the things I think is important then for the specialists to realize is that there is this, you know, very quick hearing screening that can be done. And we want to make sure that specialists realize that this should be part of an annual visit with them, but then also that they should be really thinking about, building a relationship with an audiologist that is in their area that their clients would have access to so that this is a great relationship both ways. So now can you talk a little bit about if a person is treated for any hearing loss or hearing impairment, how can this really improve their quality of life? And how can it also do things like improve their blood sugar Um, and just other aspects of their life. Can you talk a little bit about that? Certainly.
1: I think having your hearing corrected makes a huge difference on a lot of different aspects of your life. If you're still working, you're going to be able to understand in staff meetings what's going on and not misunderstand. One person that I had in my office once said when she went to large meetings, she really had to have somebody else Write down everything that she could review after the meeting because she really couldn't hear. She waited five years to take that first step. Uh, Everybody is so concerned about taking the first step, but it can be so positive because I think your family communications improve, medical care improves because now you can hear the directions and the instructions from your medical professional and, and you understand. Or if you don't understand and you hear it well, you can ask those critical questions. Mm -hmm. Well, what do you mean by this? If you don't even hear it well, you're not going to be able to ask follow-up questions. So it it does make a big difference when you take that step when it's needed. And again, that's going to be advised by the audiologist. If they feel that you're doing okay uh, without any correction, they'll let you know that. But if they recommend it, I wholeheartedly encourage people to take that step. It is life-changing for all aspects of your life. So that's, that's on the hearing loss issue. When you look at the vestibular issue and the increased risk of falls, I think what happens with that is people don't want to go out because they feel unsteady on their feet. So then you're not going to get them to exercise like they need to. There is a type of balance problem that can be corrected. It has like a 95% success rate in being corrected if it's identified. So again, you know, having that screening for risk of falls. If you're a person with diabetes, you have an elevated risk of falls cuz you have lost some of your vision potentially. You have lost The feeling in your feet to know that the surface you're on has changed. And then you have the vestibular system, which is knocking you off center and potentially causing you to fall. So all of those things, I think you're just going to improve the person's life and their ability to stay independent dramatically when this is assessed. Yeah, and
0: safe. So one of the things that I found fascinating over the years as we've kind of talked about this relationship and treatments and, you know, how it can improve quality of life was how hearing loss over time can actually affect the person's ability to understand speech You know, it was really interesting to me that the person who has had hearing loss for a long duration of time actually has to relearn how to process speech. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Certainly. It takes your brain six to 12 weeks when you get correction for your hearing in order for your brain to process those sounds again that you've been missing maybe for five or 10 years. It's not a, uh, it's not similar to putting glasses on and suddenly everything is clear. Your brain has to get reprogrammed for processing the sounds and especially between a quiet background and a noisy background. So it's important to, if you have hearing aids, to wear them every single day from the time you get up in the morning till you go to bed at night. So that becomes your norm. If you're only putting hearing aids on when you go to church on Sunday, you're going to be very dissatisfied because your brain is going to be overwhelmed with all the information it's receiving with -hmm. the hearing aids, and it's not going to be able to process it. So this processing will develop, and you just have to have confidence, and you need to follow a daily wearing of the hearing aids in order to improve it. But it does happen. Definitely,
0: I think the key message for us to be sharing with our clients is that if they get um, some correction to be aware of this and you know make sure that they know that this is going to take some time and and like you said, have confidence that it will get better and just making sure we're encouraging them not to give up.
1: Well, let me modify that just a little bit too, because the auditory processing. We do a test for auditory processing. Well, we do a speech discrimination score and then we can do uh, speech discrimination in a noisy background. So it tells us because you may also have a damaged auditory processing issue. Mm -hmm. And so if that occurs in addition to the hearing loss, your audiologist is going to tell you about other things that may help you. For example, now with covid because people are wearing masks. And so you cannot lip read and help your processing lip read adds about 30 to 40% better understanding when you can watch a person's lips. And so you go and everybody has masks on and you find yourself more challenged. There are speech processing apps that you can put on your phone so that as you're listening to somebody explain something, you can pull this app up and it's going to print out what that person is saying. Hearing aids are one part of this correction, but in some cases, if your auditory processing is just very damaged from a lot of different reasons, there are some alternative suggestions for helping you to understand what's going on around you.
0: Thank you, Kathy. I think that's important for all of us to be aware of. How do you recommend that a diabetes care and education specialist interact with an audiologist so they can really build a relationship that's going to foster this reciprocal referral situation?
1: Well, I think the main thing is to look in your area and see if there's an audiology clinic and to reach out to the audiologist. And just as you and I are talking about what the diabetes educator should do, I'm also speaking with audiologists about (laughs) you need to reach out to the mm-hmm. diabetes education specialist in your area and let them know about your services. So it, it just needs to be a collaborative process.
0: Kathy, it's been such a pleasure for us to talk today about the relationship between diabetes and hearing loss. Is there any last comments that you'd like to make to our specialists and our listeners today?
1: But Joanne, I think you've put some great links at the end of this podcast that will help both diabetes education specialists and audiologists to link up with each other to learn more about what's causing this problem with hearing loss or risk of falls and I think if they if diabetes education specialists go to the website the audiology project they are certainly welcome to use the screening app on our website However, I'm also hopeful that the local audiologists will put this on their website. And that way, if someone fails, they will be sent directly to the person who can provide the follow-up evaluation services. One other thing, Joanne, I think it's important for audiologists to look at joining ADCES so that they can be linked up with diabetes education specialists. They can learn more about diabetes, but then they can also find diabetes educators in their local and state entities and be better able to share their materials. I just want to reach out to audiologists to say this would be a good step for you to take to join ADCES.
0: Thank you so much,
1: Kathy. You're welcome, Joanne.
0: As we just heard from Kathy, addressing hearing loss in your clients can really help improve diabetes management and reduce the risk for serious complications. Make sure to follow some of the action steps mentioned here today and start working with an audiologist who can really help you tackle hearing loss in people with diabetes. We've included some valuable links and resources to help get you started in the episode show notes, which are available at diabeteseducator.org podcast. If you enjoy the huddle, please take a minute to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. And remember that membership at ADCES gives you access to the education, networking, and resources to improve your practice and optimize outcomes for your clients. Find out what ADCES can do for you at diabeteseducator.org join. The information in this podcast is for informational purposes only and may not be appropriate or applicable for your individual circumstances. This podcast does not provide medical or professional advice and is not a substitute for consultation with a healthcare professional. Please consult your healthcare professional for any medication or medical questions.